Let us rise in spirit and sing number 70 in our new century hymnal, God is here as we, your people, meet. Number
a joy it was to hear your voice and what a joy it was to hear the voice of our organ. We welcome back Rob Tate. Rob was the organist here for 20 years and that wasn't his only gig. So we're always glad, Rob, when you're back in town. And we have noticed that our beloved musicians are named Rob, Robert, some variation of that. And we are blessed that Robert is gracious in also welcoming back Rob. So again, we welcome you back, Rob, and please stay longer. Stop going to Arizona. My name is Sarah Verasco, and my pronouns are she and her. And on behalf of all of our worship leaders, we want to welcome you to this space. It's also a special mor morning because we're welcoming back Reverend Pedro Silva. So Pedro, we welcome you back, and we're blessed by your presence, and we look forward to the word that the Spirit has given you. And so friends, with all of that, God is here as we, your people, have gathered. So let us gather more fully and more intentionally. Let yourself arrive. Let the music linger. Let your to-do list go. Let your to-be list be prominent. Allow your breath to deepen. Allow the tensions in your body to be released. And let's trust these words of welcome that we offer to one another each and every time we gather, whether it's here on site or online, whether it's Sunday morning or some other time. No matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. And as a beloved community, let us join together in the call to worship as it's printed in the bulletin or as it appears on the screen. The time of waiting has ended. Familiar stories are reimagined and stories not yet told are coming into being. A sense of loss is replaced with a sense of wonder. Brokenness is redeemed. The breakers of hearts seek forgiveness. And grace makes What was divided is becoming one. And the world of love seeks And let's rise in spirit and sing hymn number 609 in the New Century Hymnal. Now is the time approaching.
Good morning. Our uh, scripture passage today comes from John 14, uh, 1 through 14. And um, I want you to pay particular attention to the scripture passage today. I might even shout. I'm not 100% sure. But I might shout on one portion just to make it stick. We'll see what happens. I'm trying to go with the spirit. So it says, uh, do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In the creator's house, there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself so that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way, you know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the creator except through me. If you know me, you will know my creator also. From now on, you do know the Creator and have seen the Creator. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Creator and we will be satisfied. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Creator. How can you say, show us the Creator? Do you not believe that I am in the Creator and the Creator is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own, but the creator who dwells in me does the works. Believe me that I am in the creator and the creator is in me. But if you do not, then believe me because of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes in me will also. I feel like shouting also, but it's a weird word to shout. But I want you to remember what I'm saying, so I'm going to say it again. Uh, Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do. And in fact, will do, does anybody know what the next line is? Greater things, greater things than these, because I am going to the Creator. I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the creator may be glorified in the offspring or the son. If in my name you ask for anything, I will do it. Words of God for the children of God, for the offsprings of God, for those who emerge from the creator for you. Thanks be to the one who is loved. Amen. So about three weeks ago, uh, I was on vacation with my family. And before I left the place where we were, I wanted to go visit this one spot one more time to say bye to this place and to thank it for what it means to me. And I sat and I looked at this one kind of hallmark or symbol of life emerging and what it means to me. And I looked at it and I said, thank you for your endurance, for all that you've witnessed and all that you've been. 
I want to bear witness as you bear witness. And then a week later, that place was gone. And I'm talking about uh, Lahaina in Maui. I was just there three weeks ago, and I spent most of July there in that area. And every day since the fires, my mind has been doing what people's brains do, wondering if it could have been different. What if this? What if that? And one at the height of ego is, could I have done anything? Because when I was driving around Maui with my family, we had noticed that it was the driest it had ever been in the many times that we've been there. We have friends there um, that we're very close to, and so we, we go there frequent enough. I've thought about taking a call there. So that's, it's a place that is really close to my heart. And that, that symbol that I was talking to was the banyan tree in the center of Lahaina that stretches out, and it's been there for 150 years. And in this one trip, we were able to bring my wife's uh, parents and my wife's sister and ho- her family, and it was just a whole bunch of us there. We were able to show them the tree and all, and just kind of show them this beautiful place that means so much to us, um, and only to think, wow, man, it's gone. And to think like how we kept saying, this reminds us, we literally said this, this is what it looked like right before the Marshall fires. We said that several times on the trip about how dry it was. And I thought to myself, man, with fires emerging all over the country, someone surely must have told them that the conditions are such that this place could burn. They must surely know the wisdom that came from the suffering that other people have gone through. Surely someone told them. But then when you see what happens, you see and you hear from the news reports that it was just like Marshall, the perfect mix of conditions for what happened to happen. And I wondered to myself, why? What is it about us as a collective uh, being on this planet that doesn't do everything we can to share what's inside of us, to share the wisdom, share the things that we've been through with the greater community, with the greater world, so that no one has to go through what we've gone through, and so that they can live life more freely and more abundantly? Why do we hold back? And I've been wondering about that. And part of this message today is that question to you. You know, each and every one of us, what have we learned from the lives that we lived? What have we gone through? What have we experienced? What are we holding inside of us that if we shared it, other people would know it. Other people would be able to be warned of, you know, the dangers that sometimes emerge in the societies that we live in. But then that we could all live more abundantly, that we could live the Christ life that is already dwelling inside of us. I was in a conversation with some friends about all of this, and they said, don't you just want to give up sometimes? Doesn't this make you just want to stop? Doesn't this make you just want to not try to do anything because it doesn't matter, because it's all burning anyway? And then I said, you know, I don't think that way, because if I am to do nothing, it's the same as pouring gasoline on the fire. And they were like, well, how is it like that? What if I just want to stay around with my own family and take care of my own family and protect my family? And I said, okay, well, just imagine that the world is burning. You know it is. And you say to yourself, you know what? I'm just going to think about my family. And you just hang out like this, and it's burning behind you. Eventually, it's going to get you too. Am, Am I the only one who sees it that way? 
Y'all see it that way too? You know what I'm talking about? And I said, rather, why don't we connect with the life that is already present in each and every one of us and just live from that place, emerge from that place day in and day out, no matter what happens? And I said, you know, in Lahaina, if we do nothing, you know what's going to happen? Out of the ashes, one day, you're going to see something emerge. A little green sprout, a little flower. Some birds are going to come and land. And they're going to drop their seeds that they ate somewhere, and they're going to do what birds do and drop some stuff. And the next thing you know, that's going to turn into some more plants. That's exactly how those islands were formed. And I was like, and this life is going to reemerge because life does that. And that same life that does that is the life that's in us. But we cut ourselves off from that. And Jesus, the invitation of Jesus, the way I take the invitation of Jesus, is that this person went through what he went through and shared wholly and fully and let the life that always emerges, that's always coming up, always springing forth, keep on coming even in the face of death. And that's something that each and every one of us can do. So that was a long introduction, but I want us to... (laughs) I want us to know what's inside of us. I want us to know where this is going. And I want us to hold our brothers and sisters in Maui and all of the places all over the earth that continue to face what we've faced. And for us to use the collective wisdom to put forth into the world what we've learned and what we've known and shine a light in the darkness so it's easier for those that come after us. So looking again at this scripture passage, I was noticing that Jesus kind of lays out a model of how to get with Jesus's vibe, if that's all right, if I say it that way. And he starts off by saying, let not your heart be troubled. How many of us in here have troubled hearts? Raise your hand. If you do, if you you have troubled hearts, do you think you could not let your heart be troubled? Do you think it's possible? Or do you think that just trouble is just, is running the show? No, come on, engage. Is trouble running the show? Trouble running the show? Some say yes, some say no. Possibly? Possibly. So Jesus says, like, hey, let not your heart be troubled. Now, a lot of us will say, well, you know, there's a saying. I don't like the saying, but people say it all the time anyway. Uh, easier said than done. You ever heard that saying? I know, I'm sure, sure you heard it. Easier said than done. I don't agree with that saying. I think there are a lot of things that are easier done than said. And I think that it's possible for us to connect with the things that are easier than done that said, than said. We are living easier done than said right now. Like how many people in here um, whose hearts are beating right now? Are your hearts beating? Everyone in here whose heart's beating. If your heart's beating, raise your hand. Well, that's, I'm sure it's mostly everyone. Okay. Now, you're doing it. Oh, it's, it's happening. Somebody, how many people are qualified to explain to me how that happens? Say something about it. It's easier done than said, right? It's just, it's just, it's it's automatic. It's merging. It's just happening. Life is just happening. Life is just happening through you. You can't explain it. You can't say anything about it, but it's happening. That's easier done than said. Even take walking, for example. Walking, you know. I'm, uh, I'm walking right now, all right? But if someone tells me to walk, for some reason, 
it gets harder to walk. Because I start thinking about it, you know? It's easier done than said. And then to explain how it's even possible that these two, I don't know, like almost like stick things are like somehow balancing themselves. And, you know, if you ever lost your balance, you know, that's kind of strange, you know, that experience. But it's like walking even is easier done than said. It's easier done than said. And it's the same with the life of God that is in you. It's easier done than said. The life of Christ, the life of God that is consistently and continually emerging from you is so much easier done than said. We look at the religions that are battling all over the world. They're not battling over living the life of God. They're living, battling over how they talk about it, how it's said. But if someone, I had a person tell me, I, I think I told this story before, but eh, I'll say it again. When I went through a phase when I was asked to leave my more conservative church for asking too many questions, um, and I was a little sad about it, and some friends were like, what's wrong, Pedro? You usually seem kind of up, but you're looking down today. And I was like, man, I, I got kicked out of my church. And they were like, what? You got kicked out of a church? And I was like, yeah. And they were like, you're a Christian? And they were shocked. And I said, what? Yeah, I'm a Christian. You didn't know? And it's like, all this time we thought you were a Buddhist. <laughs> and they're like, you never say anything about church, but the way you like, think about stuff and the way you do things, I'm, I was certain you were a Buddhist. But they said that because they were Buddhist. So they thought I was Buddhist because I was just living, trying to live the God life that's emerging. And you find that most mystical traditions, when you get in there, they pretty much are like, yeah. And they all kind of get to a point where they're like, and then you get to the point where there's nothing you can say about it. Again, easier done than said. Let not your heart be troubled. I think that's one of the invitations. Then uh, he goes on after saying this uh, to his disciples and, you know, Thomas does what we do. You know, we question everything. How many know uh, the word Thomas? You know what it means? It just means twin. It means two. Another name for Thomas um, in the Greek is Didymus, also twin, two. And Thomas is symbolic of the double-mindedness that we tend to experience in our lives. So, like, whenever someone says one thing, we automatically think, a good th another thing. So if somebody goes, man, it's a beautiful day, and they think that one thought, and then right after they go, I hope it doesn't rain. <laughs> you know, it's just what we do. And Thomas is indicative of that in the scriptures when you see these encounters with Thomas. It's when Jesus tells him the one thing, or tells us the one thing, and then we turn the one thing into two things, this and the opposite of this. And he gets all curious. And Jesus basically you know, I think that uh, the reason why Thomas is uh, kind of pulled out in these little moments is because it's reminding us of us, but reminding us also that there's only one thing that is true. But Thomas, you know, he says, okay, uh, how can we know this? How can we know the way? And Jesus says something that we've heard a lot. I am the way, the truth, and life. And in the older way, it was written to say, no one comes to the Father. I switched it to Creator, you know, but 
No one comes to the Father or the Creator but by me. And the way a lot of people use this is they use it uh, exclusively. They try to use it to say, this is the way, and if you don't do it this way, uh, then basically you're out. But I don't think that's necessarily how Jesus was trying to express it. Do uh, any English teachers in here? English teachers? No? No English teachers? Okay, anybody speak English pretty good? <laughs> pretty well? Okay. All right, I said good at first, and I was like, oh, switch it pretty well. Okay, so what does, what is I am in, in uh, if you were an English teacher? I am is the present form of what? To be. So I am is the present tense, present personal, first person tense of to be. So what if, just putting it out there, I already got kicked out of evangelical church, so I know I'm fine here. What if Jesus was saying, being is the way, being is the truth, being is the life. No one comes to the creator but through being. What do you think about that? Y'all want to, like, throw me out of the building for suggesting it? Amen. Okay, here we go. What if that's the situation? What if Jesus is saying, look, just, just be. Don't try to figure out how to do it or how to explain it. What's the right words? What's the wrong words? Don't worry about that, man. Just be. Being is the way. Being is the truth. Being is the life. You're not going to get the creator unless you're just being. Or as it says in the Hebrew scriptures, be still or be stillness and know. What if it's that? Eric Fromm, uh, author of To Have or To Be, said that our capacity to, choose cha- our capacity to choose changes constantly with our practice of life. The longer we continue to make the wrong decisions, the more our hearts harden. The more often we make the right decisions, the more our heart softens, or better, perhaps, comes alive. When we make decisions that emerge from being, our hearts soften and come alive. One of the things that I've observed in this life is that, I said this to my daughter the other day too, that sometimes trying to be a good person is the worst thing you can do. And she was like, what? That doesn't make any sense. Don't you want me to be a good person? So I just want you to be a, a true person. I just want you to be a living person. Because if you try to be a good person, chances are you got an idea in your head of what a good person is. And then using that Thomas Didymus Tunis frame, you also have an idea of what a bad person is. And now you're struggling in your mind between the image or what you think a good person is and what you think a bad person is. And then that wrestling, what emerges from you is just going to be confusion. And you're going to be managing what people see, trying to look like a good person. But if you're just being a true person, then you'll know how to show up in the world. Because your being will be emerging from the source of goodness, which is God. Can y'all connect with that? How many times have you tried to do the thing to be a good person and it doesn't always turn out right? You ever tried it? doesn't work out. 
I've seen plenty of times in my life where I've done something that didn't make any sense to me because it looked like the wrong thing to do, but it was the true thing to do. And then it turned out to be the good thing to do. But it was because it wasn't coming from this idea of what it means to be good and bad and all these other things. It was just emerging from being. And then by doing that, by making continual choices toward being, my heart got softened. Because I personally, like if I use my own personal narrative, I, and I was talking to my brother about this the other day, um, the things that we've experienced in our lives, like hanging out in these bodies in this world, neither one of us really has a reason to be soft-hearted if we just used our own experience. And that's what most of us use. We use our experiences to gauge the world. But there's a life that emerges beyond our experience that invites us into something greater. So let's get to Jesus's notion that you, you are capable of doing greater things than Jesus. Now, I wonder if you went to, uh, somebody said when you were a kid and they were like, what do you want to do when you grow up? And you said, um, I plan on being, uh, doing greater things than Jesus. <laughs> how do you think, uh, I don't wonder, how do you think, what do you think people would say to you? <laughs> Anybody, you have any thoughts on it? I don't want to do greater things than Jesus. You probably wouldn't even get out of school. They'd probably be like, okay, we got somebody that needs to go to uh, the, the soft rooms. But then I find it curious um, that most people who would have a problem with someone saying like that, um, they think that they take the words literally. Have you, have you seen that? They say, I take, I take this very literal. I take these words very literal. There's people that say they do. But if you say this thing literally, I'm going to do greater things. And then where do you get that from? I get it from the one that you said that gets it. So now I'm going to ask you, how many of you think you can do greater things? Got one hand. Anybody else? Anybody else? Come on, literal. Anybody literalist in here? You think you can do greater things? If not, why not? Let's have a conversation about it. Mark me for time, because I'll like, start going. <laughs> why, hey, what's going on, Karen? Anyway, so uh, no, literally, seriously, um, I think y'all can do greater things. But why don't you? Why don't you think that? Somebody tell you a different story about, who, hey. My vision of good doesn't necessarily agree with me, but I know we're going to get into a definition of what's mm. kind of a hopeless loop. Circular, right? circular loop. Oh, yeah. That's the one way, thinking about it. I wonder also if you all have been told a different story about who you are than that about who you are. What if you've been told a different story? What if you haven't been told the story, the true story of who you are? What if you just were told, hey, your name is whatever. You're born in this place. This is what you're supposed to be doing. This is what a successful life looks like. This is what uh, retirement is when you're supposed to retire. This is how many kids you're supposed to have. This is how much you're supposed to leave behind. Da-da-da-da-da. And that, my friends, is a good person. 
Don't you want to be a good person? Why don't you do, if you want to be a good person, why don't you do all the things that good people are supposed to do? Instead of being the person God created, who Jesus said, hey, you know what? You can do what I'm doing. And guess what? Greater things you can also do. What if that's the case? true and it rhymes (laughs) yeah what if I told people uh, I don't preach anymore because I don't want to just say hey this is what I think and because I went to school uh, you should agree with me because I have a degree and I graduated and all these other things and I got a bunch of years so what I think is the best thoughts no I just do invitations invitations to consider possibilities that are already present and resident in each and every one of you. And to consider the possibility that the story that you have so far isn't the whole story. That there's a larger story, a greater story, a grander story of which you are a part, which is emerging through you right now. And the only thing that's keeping that light from shining as it is, is this other shadow story that tells you this is all you can be. And this double mind that when you're told this thing, something else comes up. What if you could, I'll tell you a practice I do. I'm going to offer this practice to you. If I have a story that comes up and it contradicts the story that tells me who I truly am in the eyes of the creator, I always come up with a different thing. So like if it says easier said than done, I'm saying, nope, easier done than said. I'm canceling it out. If there's a story that tells you, uh, who do you think you are to do this? Then you say, well, who am I not to do this? And then you just be. You just be. And when you are being, and you can say from the heart of hearts that comes from our creator that I am being, then also, as Jesus said, Being is the way, being is the truth, being is the light. And that's who we are. And if we can see ourselves that way, then we can see others that way. And if we can see others that way, we can ask better questions. Like, being that we are one, being that we emerge from love, being that being is the way, the truth, and the life, what would it look like to create a world that works for more people? that doesn't include leaving some people out so some people have? What would it look like to, like let's take Hawaii, Maui for example, right now it's burning. What would it look like to recreate Maui in a way that honors the people of that land? Because the places that they wanna do, what they wanna do with it now is build more skyscrapers and hotels and resorts And one of the reasons that they couldn't respond to the fire was because the water had been diverted to the places of golf courses and resorts. What would it look like, knowing who we all are, what would it look like to recreate that place emerging from the truth of all of our being? What would would it look like here? What would it look like all over the world? I don't have the answers. I have questions. But I believe that if each and every one of us shines our light on those questions, 
from the fullness of our being, then what will emerge will reflect the truth of who we are, the truth of who we all are, regardless of everything. Last thing I'll say uh, before we go to this song uh, by Modest Yahoo, who I have a beautiful Hawaii story about Modest Yahoo. I won't say the long, you probably don't know who Modest Yahoo is. You'll hear this song and then you'll know something about him. But I met him uh, some years ago in Hawaii, going to Maui in the airport um, because of a tsunami. Both of our flights got canceled and I was, I was trying to see him and couldn't because of the concert thing got canceled and then ended up going to the airport, and I was telling my cousin on the phone, man, I almost saw Modest Yahoo, but the, there was a tsunami warning and all this other stuff happened. And then I turn around and he's right behind me. And I go, oh my God, he's right behind me. And I hang up and he actually sings this song that we're gonna hear in a moment uh, to my daughter. But I wanted to just share another quote from Eric Fromm. He said, uh, independent of others and in concert with others, your main task in life is to do what you can best do and become what you can potentially be. I'll say it again. Independent of others and in, and in concert with others, your main task in life is to do what you can best do and become what you can potentially be. And then with Howard Thurman, don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive, because what the world needs is people who have come alive. Be life, come alive, and give you to the world. Thanks be to God.
Can you imagine a world where on a Sunday morning in a Christian church you can hear a Hasidic uh, reggae rapper <laughs> because it's emerging from the one truth, the one love that uh, is in all of our souls? Well, that's what we've experienced today, right? He said, all my life I've been waiting for, I've been praying for, for the people to say that we don't want to fight no more. There'll be no more war- wars and our children will play. Is that something that you've been praying for? Have you? Have you been waiting for that? For the people to say it? You are the people. We are the people who can speak that world into being. Let us pray. Creator, on whom they say there is no shadow of turning, you are being. Being is the way. Being is the truth. Being is the life. And we have been called human beings. May the being that you are and the being that you have breathed into us emerge in all that we are and all that we do and all that we say. May we look out in the world and see no enemy, but see others, humans, in the processes of being and becoming. And may the way we show up in the world be invitations and encouragements to our brothers and sisters all over the world. When we have been given answers that tell us who we are not, may we remember your word of who we are. As we create processes and systems and art and all the things that humans do with their hands and their minds, may they all be infused with the power of being so that when people see the works, they know that you are behind them. May the story that you have created and will ever continue to create be that story that contains all of our stories. May it be that home, that place of our eternal belonging. And may we no longer strive to be good people, but to be true people, to be living people. Even in the midst of sickness, because it will come. Even in the midst of hardships, because they will come even in the midst of stress and tragedy and all the things that make it seem like you're not there, may that light continue to emerge so that we know that there is nowhere you are not and nowhere that your love does not emerge and that your perfect love that casts out fear sees us worthy of being its home. Be with each person here, both present in body and online and beyond, be in our relationships. May they be mirrors of your grace. And may each and every one of us in the choosing of our lives choose a way that serves all. Because you let your light and your rain shine upon us all. Whether we call each other good, whether we call each other bad, whether we call each other just, or whether we call each other unjust. 
because you and your love are one. So may one day that one love be the one way. Thanks be to God. Amen. Good morning. I'm Steve Taney with pronouns he, him, and his. I serve on the church council. Uh, it's good to be together this morning. A very special welcome to visitors and guests this morning, and welcome back to those who haven't been here for a while. We're very glad that you're here. There are a few announcements this morning. Uh, we have three sign-up sheets in the back of the sanctuary. One is for name tags, one's for email and newsletter sign-up, and the third one is if you'd like to be part of the happy hour hospital hospitality team. So all three sign-up uh, clipboards are back there. If you're joining us online, please use the electronic fellowship pad on the homepage of our website. Please join us for an Irish dance and music celebration for community building this coming Saturday, August 26th, from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. It will be held right here in our own fellowship hall. There will be refreshments, dance performances, and dance lessons and instruction. Come to watch or come to dance. All are welcome. We are very excited to announce the kickoff of our middle and high school youth ministry. Parents and youth are invited to an information session after worship on September 3rd with questions and answers, games and refreshments. Please be on the lookout for more info in happenings. There's also an announcement in today's bulletin. Uh, voice and bell choirs will meet this coming Wednesday Please look for details in the bulletin. Happy hour is back. We will gather after the service on the second Sunday of each month for coffee, snacks, and conversations beginning on September 10th. Thank you to the volunteers who make this possible again. It has been a long time since March 2020. Volunteers, please meet with Barbara Willis uh, near the kitchen after the service today for a coffee-making demo by uh, Carol Mathis Craft. <laughs> Just so we know how to do it. Other interested friends are welcome to join us and check us out. The community garden has again been blessed with a bounty of vegetables. A cooler will be placed near the picnic table for extra produce. Members of the congregation are invited to take what you need from the cooler. If you would like to support UCC Longmont financially, you can give online at ucclongmont.org giving or use the offering boxes on the back wall of the sanctuary. We are very grateful for all generosity. And that's it. So thank you all and, and have a great week. Actually, two more things. <laughs> <laughs> There's always more. First, I wanna welcome back Lauren Black. That rhymes too. Um, Lauren was a choral intern last year, and this year she is our music director. So, Lauren, we welcome you back. 
We are so glad you're here. And if anyone has questions about the bell choir or the voice choir, Lauren will be here for a few minutes after the service. And next week, we will welcome back Reverend Amelia. Woohoo! Yeah. And um, we have a beautiful sign that's just out in the art lounge. Uh, so if you could please just write something on that sign, that would be great. It's going to go in Amelia's office for when she walks in tomorrow morning. So please just take a moment. There's markers and pens. And thank you to Linda Cranston for helping to sketch that out and give us a good foundation to write your little love notes on, OK? All right, that's all we got. Let us rise in spirit and sing Bless Now, O God, the Journey, as projected on the screen. you're loved yes. yeah yeah you are we are what we receive we give so the greatest gift you can be to this world is to know how much you're loved I'll send you off with this uh, word from Irish poet David White who says to be human is to become visible while carrying what is hidden as a gift to others. To be human <coughs> is to become visible while carrying what is hidden 
as a gift to others, to love all the things that are inside of you. And then he says, to remember the other world in this world is to live in your true inheritance. To remember the other world, the world from which you emerge, in this world is to live right here and now in your true inheritance. So remember that world as you go out into this world and live your inheritance and remind others that they have an inheritance as well. Go in peace. Thanks be to God.